Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I like to get more. That extra scoop of ice cream, that extra 20% off, and of course, saving at the pump. And now that I'm in the market for a new car, I'm looking at a Honda. Specifically, the HRV Crossover. It's already part of Honda's fuel-efficient lineup. Plus, I get more of those extras I love at a price I'm happy to pay, like wireless Apple CarPlay and available all-wheel drive. No more cords, and I'm ready for adventure. Find your perfect Honda and get more. See your local Honda dealer today. The Samsung Neo QLED 8K TV featuring incredible color volume with 8K AI upscaling powered by 20 neural networks on an impossibly slim screen is the kind of TV that's so visually astounding, so unfathomably well-designed, it has to be seen to be believed. Don't believe me? Well, okay then. Radio has its limits. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Welcome back to the Unbearable Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Barron, and welcome into, I guess, a losing Sunday, a losing Monday, whatever we want to call it. We are going to be breaking down this team, and I know there's a lot of pessimism. We're going to be realistic about this game. We're going to be talking about the highs, the lows, and everything you know, kind of 10 key takeaways, and who, who looked good. We kind of know who didn't, but I'm, I'm really excited to go and dissect this game. Make sure to like and subscribe, though, if you're watching out there on YouTube. The goal is 2,000. I'm actually going to be doing a giveaway when we reach 2,000 subscribers. I think it'll be pretty easy. So if you watch some of this stuff and if you like what you see, make sure to subscribe out there. Also, if you've already subscribed, tell some other people out there, too, about the show we're optimistic out here, but we're mainly realistic. Um, but also make sure to rate five stars if you are listening to the show out there anywhere that you get your podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we we didn't look too good. <laughs> we it, There's no sugarcoating this. We ended up losing to the New York Giants in New York 20-12. Uh, and when you look at the stats... It didn't look too great, right? We have Justin Fields. We threw for 174 yards. Total passing is only 155 due to giving up six sacks. We also ran for 149 rushing yards, 4.7 yards average. And from a passing perspective, uh, we let up only 71 total passing yards. So 71 to Daniel Jones and 11 to Tyrod Taylor, but 262 rushing yards to the New York Giants for an average of six yards a carry. Now, we knew 
they were going to be able to run the ball on us, but that was uh, pretty bad. Pretty bad, but we'll definitely go through, especially the bootlegs, because you look at this, Saquon Barkley averaged 4.7 yards a carry, but Daniel Jones averaged 11.3. Yes, he's a quarterback, but we all know that was heavily on the first half of the game. Six carries, 68 yards, not great. Not great for giving up that many, especially on some of these bootlegs. But what I want to go through today, though, um, is... First off, we're going to start out with some injuries, right? We're going to break down what who, who was injured, who wasn't able to play, and then let's go through the offense and kind of talk through five takeaways that I see. Also, some optimism about this offense and also some harsh realism about this offense as well. And then we flip over to the defensive side of the ball where we will be doing the same thing and then round things out with special teams and player of the game. Ladies and gents, Let's go through some of these injuries. So Santos was not there. Jalen Johnson, Monty, Ryan Griffin, and Matt Adams. A couple other people too, but those were kind of your core inactives. We already know the, the money badger, Michael Badgley, scored all of our points with four field goals. Now, he played great. I'm glad that he can hopefully play himself to an actual job. I'm glad that he was able to at least do that. So good on him, honestly. But I wish he never was out there, except if it was for an extra point. Unfortunately, we scored zero touchdowns and Jalen Johnson yet again out. But we still had the undrafted rookie free agent jo uh, Jones played pretty well. Jalen Jones, Jalen Johnson, Jalen Jones. Jalen Jones did not play terrible out there. And honestly, only giving up 71 yards total, not too bad from this past defense for our Chicago Bears. But also Bayless Jones and Robert Quinn, first time that we were able to see Bayless out there, we already know the story of it. He fumbled the punt and really just cost us the game there. We'll break that down a little bit later on. And Lucas Patrick, he's still playing at guard. And the big news, Cody Whitehair went down. That was something major. I think it was a knee. We'll just have to see and monitor what that is. And you kind of saw this offense as soon as Cody Whitehair went down the running game. I felt like it didn't look as good, but Whitehair down. It, it's sad because you get to see he, he was having a really good, uh, really good year, honestly. And so hopefully you can have him back, but I get nervous about that, especially. So we'll monitor that throughout the week. But what we ended up seeing was Lucas Patrick uh, shift over to the left-hand side and Tevin Jenkins ultimately playing the rest of the game at right guard. But let's go over to this offense for the Chicago Bears because, ladies and gentlemen, this was the biggest storyline for this game. So, first takeaway, start a little bit optimistic. It was a balanced play call, right? I know a lot of us were asking for it. If you were, let me know. But a lot of us were calling for this balanced play call. More passes and a little bit less running the football, right? I think for me, I wanted them to run it a lot more, but this was kind of the first game that we saw that the Chicago Bears actually passed the football. We uh, Football more than running the football. So Justin Fields, 22 attempts. He was sacked six times, and he also ran for seven carries. So I don't know how many carries of those were actual scrambles, but if we're looking at the running backs numbers, we only had 25 carries. Yet again, Khalil Herbert, 19 carries, 77 yards, 
4.1 yard average. Not terrible, but not great. And Tristan Ebner, six carries for 20 yards. Now, let me just say, Tristan Ebner, I don't know if it's just me, but he seems to be running with concrete shoes, like, or concrete in his shoes, I'd say. Tristan Ebner definitely looks slow out there. I didn't love what I saw out of him. And this is another game where you see him really perform worse than everybody else out there. So 3.3 yards carry, not great. But honestly, you still see Khalil Herbert is somebody that you can still kind of play with. Um, And actually, I'm going to jump down to my point number four because it's a combination of this. We saw Khalil Herbert was game plan for. And I want to point this out because this is a big thing. Because I heard uh, Maurice Jones-Drew. Do you guys remember him with the Jaguar? He played with Fred Taylor. And Fred Taylor was the lead guy. He was the old running back that was eventually going to be on his way out. But what Fred Taylor did is Fred Taylor only averaged like four point something yards a carry. And then MJD was averaging five yards a carry. And he was saying this. He's like, I thought this was easy. I was like, the NFL is simple. Like, I could just easily get these yards. But what he realized was when he took over the reins, he was then game planned for, and he was no longer getting those five yards a game uh, averages like he was because he wasn't the focus of the game plan. So to me, I'm glad that Khalil Herbert was game planned for, that he was kind of the main person, and I hope it happens again because you get to see defenses truly focus in on Khalil Herbert. Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery are two different types of runners with how they attack you. So I liked it. And honestly, 4.1 yards a carry, especially when they were just loading the box and just going after the run every single time. It isn't good. It isn't bad. It's solid, right? But you kind of wanted a little bit more out of him. But it was nice to at least see this guy. Is he going to be your actual starter? Actually get game plan for but let's go back to that whole balanced play call. I know a lot of people wanted that, and it was nice to at least see. <laughs> it was a ni- it was truly nice for us to at least be like, okay, this is what it looks like if we're not just running the ball every freaking play, right? And it gives you a better understanding of how this offense truly looks and how this offense truly functions. And that's really where we go to my point number two or third point that I've given for those that are listening. Um, Justin Fields, this is his fourth bad game in a row. And I don't want to say it, but it's true. It, it's it's not saying he's a bust. It's not saying he's terrible. It's saying he's playing terrible, right? Think of this similar to like your favorite TV shows, right? I love Breaking Bad. But still, for those that have watched Breaking Bad, there's the fly episode right? All, all us fans, we know what that episode was. And for those that haven't watched, it's literally a boring, quiet episode. And one fly is just buzzing around the, the meth lab that they have. And that's all the episode freaking is for like an hour. <laughs> that's all the episode is. It was a bad episode for a great show. It doesn't mean that just because he's had four bad games, that that's the end of Justin Fields. We have an entire season to evaluate Justin Fields. What did we see today, though? Let me know down in the comments what you felt about Justin Fields for those watching out on YouTube. But 
to me, Justin Fields, I right after the game, the Jet, uh, not the Jags, the Lions were on. And I here we see Jared Goff, a quarterback that's not necessarily like the best in the world, right? And I saw the pocket collapse around him. And I'm used to seeing Justin Fields where when that happens to him, he's he scrambles, he runs away, does stuff like that. But what what Jared Goff did is he just stood in the pocket and he threw it. He stood tall. And that's really, I'd say, what Justin Fields really needs to work on. He needs to work on a handful of things, but especially today, there's a handful of plays when he felt like somebody was going to be beaten. Or if something didn't go perfect, he would just kind of tuck and run. And what you're seeing is a lot of these wide receivers are now automatically blocking downfield rather than just continuing their route and continuing to be open because they're like, oh boy, here goes Justin again. He's going to run the football and I'm not going to get my pass, right? Is that the right thing for some wide receivers to do? Probably not. Get open. Try and get the ball. But also, Fields needs to keep his eyes down the field. This play went very viral. <laughs> um, if you haven't, just search for Justin Fields and you might see it. You might see a little screen grab. Basically, the pocket was not necessarily collapsing. The tackles were going behind him. And most quarterbacks would just do a simple step up. And I think that's really what Fields needs to do is Fields basically drops back. And in a lot of times, he doesn't necessarily step up. He doesn't necessarily sidestep. He just kind of tucks and runs. And I think that's something that he does need to work on. You have it on tape. Now watch it. And when he did this, rather than just stepping up and right in front of him, Darnell Mooney wide open for a touchdown. Instead of keeping his head up, stepping up, and then throwing it, he ended up tucking it and running it and ended up getting the first down. So kudos to Fields. But still, it's similar to like what the Titans were saying about their quarterback, their running quarterback, where, yes, he was running for good plays. What he ended up saying, it, what he ended up feeling is that overall, if you are not running my plays, you are not running the passing offense, you technically are kind of losing, right? You're not doing what I want out of this. So, um, yeah, he just needs to keep his head up. He needs to look downfield. And I think that's something that's very difficult. And something, too, every way that you slice it, Justin Fields has the most time to throw. Renewable saying this out, too. He's holding the ball too long, bailing out early. That's really what he's doing. It's... He has the most time to throw, and it's not because of the offensive line. <laughs> it's, it's because it's taking him just a tick too long. If you've ever played football, if, whether it's your, with your friends, whether it's Madden, whether it's professionally, if you've ever played the game of football and if you've ever had to be the quarterback, we've all had it where someone is open, but because you just wait a split second or like you're playing with your buddies and they're like, I'm open. And then the guy like turns and he's like, oh yeah, he is. And then he throws, you're not open anymore. It's that split half second that can change that game. And right now he just still seems like he's a half second, a little bit too slow. It's sad to say, but yet again, it's not saying that Justin Fields is done. We have 13 more games, right? We have a lot more games to at least evaluate them, but I'll let, Everybody know if you start to see somebody that's posting like, dude, Justin Fields is good. Justin Fields has not played well. Doesn't mean he's a bust. Doesn't mean he's never going to do anything ever. It just means 
he hasn't played well in four games. Can't wait to see what he is going to be able to put on tape. I'm excited uh, for that. It's a long season, and that's still where this team is not a playoff team. And try and just look for certain developments that are looking good. And one, Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney finally got involved. Five, uh, five targets, four receptions, 94 yards. We finally got to see him go deep. He was able to make a couple good catches, and I really, really enjoyed seeing him out there. Made some good plays. The one that wasn't completed was a drop. A little bit difficult. You got to try and corral that, but still not necessarily putting that 100% on Darnell Mooney. But overall, really liked what I saw out of Darnell, at least that he was being out there. But the one thing that I just didn't see out of him, it was nice that he was being targeted. It was nice that he was being targeted deep. I want to see some of that short game. Like, I want to see short game that isn't a a screen, (laughs) right? Like, where are the quick slants? Where is stuff like that where you can kind of get some of these easy plays? Um, Instead, they're very long developing, you know, out routes and other plays like that. I want to see some slants out there. That that might just be me. Um, But yeah, so Ron in the comments is saying this too. And this is just kind of overall with the offense. I didn't have this on like my takeaways, but overall for this offense, so many fourth downs. And I think, what do you have to lose? Go for the kill shot, right? And especially towards the end of the game, we saw this. The last offensive drive that the Bears had, not the one where they just threw everything around and everybody was just running around like chickens with their heads cut off. When it was fourth down and on third down, you ran it out of the shotgun. You didn't get the first down, but it was fourth and two. They don't have a quarterback because both quarterbacks were injured. They don't have a quarterback, so you know they're going to run the football. And what you opt to do is not go for it. And you decide to punt it. That's something that I am questioning because what do you have to lose? We are playing very conservatively, but we don't have much to lose. Like if you have a bad season this year, you're like, okay, yeah, well, the roster's not that good. What did you expect? Right? Like just go for it. I, I don't get that logic. I don't get not trying to at least go for it there because yeah, maybe you could say, well, what if they got a couple? What if you get this, right? Like, why not try to go for the kill? And I think that they just, right now, the coaching staff just doesn't have that dog in them, right? <laughs> like that that kill shot, go for the kill, rather than just trying to be like, let's just try to cover the spread, right? Um, So, so we shall see. Uh, but overall, uh, my last little piece. Um, but yeah, more, more comments in here. Getty's play calling plan is uh, turn a lump of coal into a diamond. Yeah, it's it's difficult, and we're getting some Justin Fields is not it. Another uh, quarterback from Reload. Um, yeah, it's it, it's difficult out there. And right now, I'm I am starting to doubt Justin Fields a little bit more. I, I am. It's hard because when someone gives you four straight games of this, and also I kind of want to dig up my scouting report on Justin Fields. Um, Justin Fields, to me, my first time watching him was actually not that great because I noticed that he was just in the pocket, just would kind of stare and like seemed like everything was super easy. Like the system was very easy for him and he's got all the talent in the world. And I think that he just needs some time. He just needs like, let's give him the season. And if he continues to show 
that he's not that guy, we move on, right? Then we move on from him, and then we can kind of grab another quarterback for competition. We have $100 million in cap space. Lamar Jackson has not gotten a contract yet. That would be very interesting to see, to say the least. Lamar could be available, um, but yet again, I'm not selling Justin Fields immediately. We got 13 games <laughs> to decide if we officially want to move on from him. But there's one thing for certain that is a fact. Justin Fields has to play better. Just plain and simple. And another easy fact, Tevin Jenkins is better than Lucas Patrick. That is my fifth offensive takeaway. It baffles me that they love Lucas Patrick that much, right? Like, I know that he's Getsy's guy, Getsy's boy, but still, like, you see Tevin Jenkins. I don't care what he looks like on Wednesday. <laughs> I don't care if he's not the perfect practice participant. He's the better player. Just let him start. And this is something that's also positive. You can look at Patrick and be like, why the heck is he starting at right guard? Look at Tevin Jenkins. This was a guy that we did not expect to really be playing that much. We didn't see a lot of him. Tevin Jenkins is out there. And on first look, he looked to be the best offensive lineman as soon as Cody Whitehair went down. He seemed to be the most reliable. He seemed to be pushing bodies. And again, this is first reaction, first glance. But he seemed to be the best offensive lineman that we did have out there. But also, the rest of the offensive line, Lucas Patrick was constantly beat. <laughs> you see the tape. They were showing highlights. And at that time, like I usually watched a game with my family, my, one of my brothers came over and he's like, yeah, so what happened? And how's it been? Like, just watch this. Basically, Lucas Patrick's been getting toasted on the inside. Same thing with Mustafer. Mustafer, I posted this out on Twitter. I guess Sam Mustafer's family likes to comment or say bad things. So I'm waiting for a DM from them. Someone warned me that like, watch out, this guy's going to, his family's probably going to DM you it. They're not happy. But I believe it was, there was 14 pressures um, for, uh, for Sam Mustafer, 14 pressures. And seven of them were from Mustafer. So seven across the line, seven at the center position. And one of the things that really got me bothered was you saw them do like a double A gap, and not even like a double A gap blitz. When they were blitzing the A, which is basically right up the middle, I saw Mustafer try and help Jenkins. And then he like looks back and he's like, ah, oh, crap, there's another guy running right up the middle. And he has to move, wasn't fast enough. And then Justin Fields gets, gets blown up. Six sacks, right? New York Giants love to blitz. We knew this going into the game. And whenever they blitz, it seemed to be big um but yeah Lucas Lucas Patrick should be a center like Lucas Patrick should be the center and honestly I know Schofield wasn't amazing but if if Whitehair is out for a while I really do think that you just try and have Lucas Patrick be that center you want him to be the center put him there right like make your like as Willie's saying he's not a guard he's a center like put him at center and see what he can do because you also brought him in on a two-year deal because you wanted him to be your center. And so that's that's what I think a lot of people are are going to be wanting. So, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so another thing, too, is the tackles I felt also were a little bit weak. Um, but I will say this. Some positivity. Braxton Jones was PFF's highest 
graded left tackle or rookie left tackle. I don't know how many rookie left tackles there are out there, but it is nice to know that somebody that we drafted very late was at least doing well, but we'll see what his grade was today. Um, but I will tell you, Sam Mustafer's grade I saw on first reactions was an eight, <laughs> like an 8.9, I believe. Like that's it. That out of a hundred, he's an 8.9. It was really bad. And I hope that they see it when somebody is bigger than Mustafer, he gets tossed around. He can't handle those big guys. That's exactly what we saw today. Um, but let's go over to this defense. I, I'm, I'm sick of tired talking about this offense. We've got some receivers, though, involved. Cole Komet, don't get the tight end screen, but they were running that for some odd reason. Um, and also really brings up a good point. Put Riley Reef at right tackle, Tevin at right guard. Honestly, there was, I saw Borum go down, and I was kind of like, why not? Like, why not try Riley Reef? I don't think that you could bench Braxton Jones, but that's where, like what Willie's saying, you put Riley Reef at right tackle just to see what's at least out there. I I felt like, yeah, Borum struggled a little bit. And if you don't believe that Borum's that guy, put Riley Reef back there because if Borum isn't the guy, you need to know if Justin Fields is the guy first, right? Like he's the more important position that you want to see. And I think that if you have at least Riley Reef out there, who's been a decent tackle in this league, I think you at least kind of have a baseline and just try and creep back towards average on this offensive line. It'll be, I, I'm a fan of it. Um, but yet again, I'm not also not calling necessarily for forums head all the time. So let's go over to this defense. This defense, we have a couple uh, pieces of renewable right out here. Roe was not playing like the greatest linebacker ever today. Exactly. <laughs> we know that Roquan Smith did end up missing a, a crucial tackle that turned into a first down. I don't fault him that much. I think he got a little bit eager. But if you want to be the highest paid linebacker, you make those tackles, right? Like we've talked about this. He, he needs to just make those game-changing tackles. He's the best tackler on the team, though. Like, I think that that's simple. But do you know who's number two? <laughs> right now, like, who's the number two best tackler out there? Because right now, today, today, it looked like Eddie Jackson, man. Like, Eddie Jackson was tackling. He was taking people down in open field. He was doing well. Honestly, I love Eddie Jackson. He's got a different mindset. He seems like a leader. Like, come on. Eddie Jackson's been looking awesome. Um. I, I'm loving it, but uh, yeah, so let's start off with the defense and crazy ace TV talk has mentioned this out here. I don't know why defense couldn't really defend against the bootleg against the giants. I agree. It was so frustrating. I felt like all of us as a whole, we were just yelling and saying, Hey, why are you they're, they're running the bootleg? Like, just get, get the bootleg. Like somebody cover the back. And here's the good part. There's it, this is good and bad. The Bears were able to handle the bootleg after halftime. But my question is, why couldn't you have done that before halftime? Why couldn't you have both been on like the sidelines saying, hey, you know what? They, they keep doing this. <laughs> like bring down those surface tablets and say, look at what they're doing. Somebody needs to guard this on the back. I don't know who's at fault. 
it seems like a lot of it might have been brisker, but I also want to give brisker this caveat though. I don't want us don't want us to slander. Um uh I don't want us to slander the great Jaquan Brisker, but still. I like to get more. That extra scoop of ice cream, that extra 20% off, and of course, saving at the pump. And now that I'm in the market for a new car, I'm looking at a Honda, specifically the HRV crossover. It's already part of Honda's fuel-efficient lineup. Plus, I get more of those extras I love at a price I'm happy to pay, like wireless Apple CarPlay and available all-wheel drive. No more cords, and I'm ready for adventure. Find your perfect Honda and get more. See your local Honda dealer today. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by apply. See website for details. I don't know if Brisker's playing man-to-man there, and he's trying to stick on a guy. It's something that I'll have to just try and re-watch, because typically it starts up front. like. The upfront people need to try and set the edge because you just don't know where someone's going to be. You don't know if someone is like if Brisker was supposed to be on the tight end rather than trying to get that um, like seal off that edge, seal off that cutback for that um, for that rollout. But also you could also just literally pull up. This is what the Giants are doing against us. And we need to do that on our defensive side of the ball. But yeah, it was very, very frustrating. Um, but yeah, eventually though, we did solve that at the end of the second half or the second half. So at least there was that, I kind of wish that Daniel Jones didn't get hurt just so we could kind of validate that. In fact, the new play calling was working, but it seemed like it was honestly. And Hey, we let up, um, but we let up 68 yards to Daniel Jones rushing in and two touchdowns, but eventually we at least stopped it. Um, but my second takeaway, a bad game for Morrow. I felt like Mor- Morrow was missing a lot of tackles out there. A couple big plays. Um, there was even a sack where he's like running him down. And it's like, dude, just jump, like do something, like go after him. Actually, there was two plays that he could have gotten a sack, but instead chose like one of them was difficult. Like he had to kind of run him down. But the other one was like, all right, do something, dive, do something. And instead they throw the ball away. Overall. Morrow has played decently as a linebacker. And today I just felt like just wasn't that guy just did not play that great. But also Willie, you you read my mind in the comments and my number eight takeaway overall. And I put a times two on that for everybody that's watching out there on YouTube. And that means this is the second week in a row. No more Al-Kadeen Muhammad, please. Like, like why? Why is he out there? Because here's another week where this is a bad offensive line. And we got one sack. Are you kidding me? Let me let me see who even got the sack because it's even hard for me to like remember. Yeah, Brisker. That's not even an actual sack. That is just because Brisker was guarding the cutback for Daniel Jones. So Jaquan Brisker gets the sack. 
We only hit the quarterback twice. And here's the thing, too. Eventually, their starting right tackle isn't even out there. And you see Al-Kadim Muhammad still not putting up good plays, still not sealing the edge as it seems like that would be his main job. Wasn't doing a lot of that stuff out there. I don't know why he's not, why he's playing this much. Put out Robinson, put out Gibson. Gibson was called, they, they had to hold Gibson as soon as they put him in rather than Muhammad. Every time Muhammad's in, I just scream at the screen because he doesn't do anything <laughs> like why is he playing when you have other people with higher potential and really haven't given you a reason to put them on the bench when I feel on the other hand Muhammad's given us like a million reasons to bench him <laughs> so to me I yeah I, I don't really I don't really get that um but also a couple other things we got renewable saying Robert Quinn needs to be traded I I do have a hot take on this a little bit later um Robert Quinn looks so old. I agree. Robert Quinn has looked very, very old out there. Not looking good. That's why I was always saying trade him before this season starts because you're not going to copy and get like what? 18 and a half, 19 and a half sacks like he did before. It's an anomaly. Statistically, he wasn't going to repeat what he was doing. And um, yes, he's gone against very good left tackles, but still like you would expect that if this guy is an all pro, this guy's a great player, he should be at least doing something to kind of uh, beat him down. So um, yeah, it's, it's going to be difficult. Uh, <laughs> so, so let's go over to my, uh, my next piece, but yeah, crazy ace saying about second half team, this bears team usually is a second half team, but it's, it's hard. It's like, why can't we um, just at least do something a little bit early, but yeah, we are not blitzing a lot, and it's it's hard. I think that we started, it seemed like we blitzed a little bit more today. We had Eddie Jackson blitzing, and um, it always looked like he was flying in, but it always seemed like they were running the football. And on the one time that he did, it was actually a pass play. They ran him out of the pocket and almost got the sack. So hopefully we end up blitzing a little bit more because, yeah, it's not getting done on the front line. And the defensive interior, yet again, another bad interior offensive line that looked really good against us. <laughs> we got nobody out there on the defensive interior. It's not pretty. <laughs> um, but my number nine point, and I've already been kind of alluding to this, Eddie Jackson is back. This is the second week in a row. Eddie Jackson, interception. Should he have picked it off? Uh, you, you could say no because it put us in bad field position. But I don't care, man. Get your interception. Get it. He played it well. Did a whole over the over the shoulder grab. He's looking good. He's making tackles. Like it's it's amazing to see Eddie Jackson playing well. And I think when we look at this team as a whole, the safeties I'm so excited about. You have Eddie Jackson playing amazing. And I think that NFL Next Gen stats had Jaquan Brisker ranked as the seventh. I think it was about seventh or eighth best safety in the league, right? <laughs> like the safeties are playing great. And I think that they are, I think that Brisker makes some rookie mistakes, but I still think like these, these safeties, we went into the season going, and I know a lot of people were calling for Eddie Jackson's head. I knew like you couldn't trade him because of his salary cap. And it was, let's just see what he does, dude. He's looking good. I think that he, 
might be a bold take. I think that he's showing why he's worth his contract. I think it would be dumb for the Bears to actually cut him right now because he's playing like a leader out there. So I I like what I'm seeing out of there from him. And you know what? Just keep on going safeties because that is definitely a highlight. It's it's amazing. Like, I just want to watch that. <laughs> we just watch watch the secondary um minus, and this leads me to my last one. The last point, number 10, the secondary minus Kyler Gordon is good. And Jalen Jones, another week that he's out here, and we're not hearing much from him. In this was another week, I was a little bit nervous because Jalen Johnson was not, it was kind of listed as out before this game. So they knew they were going against an undrafted rookie free agent but still you don't see him being taken advantage of. Who did we see get taken advantage of? Kyler Gordon. Kyler Gordon got beat in coverage. Kyler Gordon um, got a defensive pass interference. He's not looked good, right? He's not looked good overall. And But here's the thing. And crazy, <laughs> crazy XTV already beat me to the point with this. Yeah, give him two to three years. Honestly, Gordon coming out, We've said this like almost every episode whenever he does bad, which has been every week. Kyler Gordon is an athlete. Cornerback position is difficult. You can't just expect this guy to come in and just ball out. He wasn't that guy. He was not that guy out there all today. So um, overall, just it. But let's just give some praise to the secondary. I think that Kendall Vildor has been playing great. Bravo to him. Like, seriously, he's been looking good. He's been breaking up passes. He hasn't been the the Kendall Vildor of last year. And you have him on a cost control deal, and he's been playing decent. But also, um, like I said, Jalen Jones playing well. When Jalen Johnson's back, it's going to be good. Um, but also, I think, too, like, what happens if Kyler Gordon goes down, right? And actually, actually, I'll I'll bring that up a little bit later. It's part of uh, one of the hot takes that I got out there. So, but yeah, it, it's it's difficult. Um, but let's. So that kind of wraps up my ten takeaways. But I totally forgot to do the hot takes from offense. So I'm actually going to go back to the offense just so that we can kind of get some of these hot takes out there. And actually, before we get into that, let's go through. Let's just finish off the defense, be done with it, and kind of then move on from there. But my defensive hot takes. So these hot takes are from the internet, from Twitter. And also, if you want to live a happier life, don't be on Twitter during a Bears game. <laughs> like, like th this is the dead honest truth. I was like, oh, I'll just go on the Bears Twitter for a little bit, just see what's going on. Oh my God, this is the most depressing thing I've ever seen. It's just like, Nothing's right. And yeah, the game's not pretty, but it just amplifies that. Like if if you suffer from high anxiety or depression, don't go on a bear's Twitter. <laughs> um, just put the phone away. Don't look at that like um for real. Um, but let's go to these overreactions because one of them that I saw out there was people saying bench Kyler Gordon. Now, where do I sit with that? Where do you guys sit with it? Bench. Kyler Gordon. To me, I think that's idiotic. I know that Kyler Gordon has not looked good, right? He's not looked good. But here's the dead honest truth. Who would you replace him with, right? 
I think if Jalen Johnson came back, you at least have that option. Like, let's just flat out talk about options, right? You don't have that. If if Jalen Johnson did come back, I think what you should do is you have Kendall Vildor on the outside and you have Jalen Johnson on the other side, right? And then DHC as the slot corner. You don't really have many options at this cornerback position. And I mean, actually, now thinking about it, you could even put Jalen Jones out there on the outside. But yet again, who would kind of be that interior player? Because what, Blackwell? Um, uh, Blackwell, we have not seen him. We don't know if he's a great slot corner. Uh, like, I think that's difficult. And also, Kyler Gordon, if you take him out, you're, like, you could really kind of hurt his ego. And yes, it's like, well, it's his feelings. He should know. But seriously, I just don't think that that would be a good idea. Um, I think overall, like, just, I, I don't think that you should bench him. And that's why this is a hot take. It's a hot take overall. Not a big fan of it. And I did also see some people too. I can't believe that Ryan Poles took Gordon over Brisker. I agree with that take because I liked Brisker and I wasn't a huge fan of Gordon. Um, I loved Brisker. I, I would have taken him with the first pick by far. Um, but seriously. Oh, yeah. And Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I, I totally forgot about Lamar Jackson. Thank you, Willie. Um, but yeah, it's just this is a development year. You have to take the lumps, right? Like, exactly. Uh, renewable. Gordon is going to have growing pains, but we already knew that was that going in. Exactly. Like, we already know that this is going to be a little bit, little bit hard, but this isn't the year for us to make the playoffs. It's not. It, it's not at all. And the second hot take. This one, I'm excited about. I think it might have been Renewable up here that also kind of commented this. But here's the hot take. And this is actually from me. I, I didn't see this out on Twitter. Maybe I should have posted this on Twitter. Trade Robert Quinn to the Chargers. And I stand by this. Like, Robert Quinn, I love him. He signed the football for my kids. Like, really nice guy. This is a business. And I think, trade him to the Chargers. Do you know why? The Chargers are trying to win the Super Bowl. They are a very, very good team. And do you know who they lost? Joey Bosa. They lost Bosa. Now they don't have an, a good pass rusher opposite Khalil Mack. Well, I know somebody that could probably benefit from playing across the field from Khalil Mack. Also, I know a certain someone that has actually played with Robert Quinn, and that would be Mr. Brandon Staley. <laughs> Come on down. I will love to see a draft pick potentially for that. It'd be like, so the usual, a second round pick. I'd be fine with that. You save some cap space. You, you move on. Like, I know that some people might see this as like selling, selling the team for this year. We're not going to win anything this year. So why not just try and build for the future? Try to build for that next season. To me, I'm all for it. Call the chargers up. Let's get them on the horn and let's make this deal happen. But let me know what you think. Would you trade them? What would you trade them for? I think that's the bigger question. What would you trade for Robert Quinn um, or give up for him? But let's go over to the offensive overreactions. I just wanted to move on from the offense. I, I apologize, but we shall put the final bullet in it. Um, overreaction. I saw this out on Twitter. The Bears would be a dynasty if the NFL outlawed passing. Kind of a tongue-in-cheek cheek, uh, little joke out there. But seriously, I just think that um, it, it 
it, it's a joke, but I think we'd be a lot better <laughs> for real though. I, I think for real. Um, uh, but honestly, I just think that that was more of a little joke that it was out there, but the next one, I actually don't know if it's anybody that's out here and I didn't jot down the, uh, the Twitter handle, but I was like, man, this one is sour. Uh, it is the Chicago bears are a disgrace. Luke Getzey is a joke. He doesn't trust fields. The offensive line is a joke. Also can't believe we lose to the giants. Daniel Jones, uh, making Daniel Jones look like a hall of famer. Obviously someone is not too happy, right? <laughs> someone is not too happy with this. I feel like that's a lot of what we're feeling. Let's just break this down. Chicago bears are a disgrace. Well, this year, depending on your, your outlook for the bears going two and one made us a little bit more optimistic, but this bears team is not great. Right? Um, so what you saw is what you got. Luke Getzey is a joke. I still think that that's up in the air. I don't love some of the play calling, but let's just get real here, right? These offensive coordinators, as much as we like to say that they don't know what they're doing, they know more than us about offensive play calling. We can still critique and say, hey, you shouldn't have done that. That was stupid. We can easily do stuff like that. But Luke Getze to me, and I see this with, this is what happened with Trubisky. We're like, man, Trubisky, we should have been passing it more, right? When John Fox was here. And then we switch over to Matt Nagy and we're like, well, actually, it doesn't seem like Trubisky knows what he's doing, right? <laughs> and that's ultimately what we found out was that Trubisky didn't know what he's doing. Trubisky just got benched in Pittsburgh. So all the Trubisky lovers that were like, wait till he's in an actual offense. And then they're like, wait, this guy can't see past his, uh, he can't see past his first read. What are we going to do? Right? <laughs> so ultimately he's not that he wasn't that guy right and we saw this last year Matt Nagy did not pass it a lot and was not running a lot of slants and seems like the same thing is happening with this I think we need better offensive line plays and we need better wide receivers you saw some of the wide receivers not play that great today too I thought that there were some highlights and some lowlights like the four um what was it third down quick little pass the blitz came Great throw by Justin Fields up in the air, simply just dropped by Dante Pettis. I thought it was an overall good play, just wasn't executed. Um, so yeah, and actually, crazy, crazy ace. I agree. I'm not saying anything until year two. Exactly. Like we can, and I heard somebody say this the other day, and no truer words have ever been spoken. They said the NFL season is broken up into 17 many seasons because of social media, right? Like every single game we're on here saying whether the bears are like going to the playoffs and amazing and you know, everything's all peachy or people are saying, Hey, you know, everything's broken. We lost the game, tear everything up. We're never doing anything. Um, and that's where it's good to have sample size. Then you can kind of see what this team is doing, right? And this coaching staff is learning. This coaching staff is go getting better. You can see. So I think that this coaching staff is young. This coaching staff is inexperienced. Give them time, I'd say, overall. But another hot take that everybody has been saying that Bayless is a bust. I already saw some people posting out there on Twitter. Bayless Jones is a bust. 
Listen, ladies and gentlemen, Bayless Jones was a fifth round talent that was drafted in the third round. That everybody had him in the fifth. We picked him in the third. Does that mean he's a bust? No. Does that mean that he's supposed to be amazing? No. Does that mean that we reach from by the state of the draft? Yes. I loved Bayless Jones as a like a fifth round sleeper. And I think that brings up the question. If you have somebody that's ranked in the fifth round that you're like, dude, this guy's a sleeper and you draft him a little bit earlier, is that an overdraft or is that properly draft? It's one of those weird conundrums in the draft space that nobody's ever really kind of figured out, right? Bayless isn't a bust. He wasn't even on offense. Like he might've had like two snaps on offense. The dude never played. (laughs) So let's hold this whole Bayless Jones is a bust. Like, yeah. He, he, he was out, you know, like we, we were not able to see him. He was out. I just, let's just give him, we yet again, give him seasons, give him multiple seasons. Wide receiver still very difficult to play. He wasn't even like known for being a true wide receiver. Um, so yeah, so we shall see, but also another thing that I want to talk about just with Valus is I was kind of surprised that we didn't do like an end around. I talked about this in the preview. Um, that I wanted to see an end around, not from like the special teams perspective, but from the offensive perspective. If you just, if you just literally put him out there, right? Like if you put Bayless Jones on the field, people would be like, dude, that's a rookie. He's really, really fast, right? So if you had him go all the way around and like put him in motion, like do something like that. Like that's where, yes, the offensive coordinators know more, but this is where I feel like we can critique and be like, dude, if you put Bayless Jones in motion, everyone's going to be like, oh man, and you snap it and kind of fake the end around handoff, everyone's going to be following Bayless. I can tell you that much because they're going to be like, I got to get this guy. They're just trying to boost his um, his uh, overall confidence. So we shall see. Hopefully he just comes back. It, it was a big moment for him. And ultimately he dropped it like pun intended, no pun intended. It was bad, but With that, that leads us to our special teams review for the game. We've already been talking about it. Bayless Jones, muff the punt. Don't need to talk about it anymore. But guys, Josh Blackwell, dude, it was, you know, we got to talk about some special teams here. He looked good. Josh Blackwell was down there as a gunner on some punts. Way to go. Like, and he even forced the fumble, recovered it. Great job, right? Like, seriously, I thought that he played very well out there for the gunner. Uh, our gunners played very well. Like, I w- let me pull up the punt returns. Punt returns, 2.5 yards a punt. Bravo. And a fumble recovered. Absolutely incredible. 16.5 uh, yards per kick return. Great special teams. And then the Honey Badger uh, coming in and playing well. Honestly, I thought it was great. Way to go, Bears. Great all-around special teams, except for the muffed punt. But we did see Bayless Jones out there. Let's ignore the punt and l- talk about the kick returns. I think that his first one was kind of very straightforward, just running in. Um, but honestly, Bayless, you see the different speed. You see the game-breaking ability that Ebner showed in college but hasn't been showing in the pros. Bayless has the speed to kind of take it back to the house. I always like that upside because it really turns the tide of the game. Um, but Valus on the punts, he ran and broke a 19-yarder out. So to me, 
I still like him back there. He just needs to, he's a whole lot of the freaking ball. <laughs> Correct. So that's about it for the show today. We have to finish up with the player of the game. This is going to be difficult because there wasn't actually no, not right after I said that someone came into mind, the player of the game to me is none other than Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson have a game made a lot of open field tackles. Like, I don't know if you, you remember that Saquon Barkley is just running free. And here's Eddie Jackson going like, yes, I got to make the tackle dives at the legs, wraps up, gets it done. It seems like he just seems different. Like even when he was tackling in 2018, he didn't seem like this focused to make the tackle. Like He just seems like I got to show what I'm capable. Of. I, I love him out there. I could talk about him forever. Like, he, he gets the game, uh, the player of the game today. A absolutely great. Three interceptions on the year, guys. Just absolutely incredible. Absolutely great. Um, but yeah, I think when you're looking at this team, you're trying to find some, uh, some bright spots, right? Look at the secondary, guys. The secondary has, yes, we let up rushing yards. People are going to want to run on us. And yes, New York did not like, uh, you know, what, what you saw, like they, they weren't passing it a lot. They were trying to run it, but we were, we were able to stop people, even if they didn't have the wide receivers out there. So I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm pumped. Um, so, so let's, let's wrap up this show. So guys, two and two, it, it's kind of expected, but still we have next week against the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings have looked very Vikings esque up and down. I still thought that they were going to be really good this year. It's not saying that they're bad, but they just they have that Kirk Cousins in them where sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. It it all depends, but they are three and one. It's going to be an interesting game. We're going to be breaking it down on most likely Thursday. Just keep an eye out on Wednesday just in case, but most likely Thursday at 8 p.m. Central Time. Also, for those um interested in some merch i got the take the north shirts um hopefully this actually rings true um i wasn't able to get the integration to youtube working thank you for i forgot who shouted that out that it wasn't working um now i just have the link so unbearable sports.shop you can go and find some merch out there um greatly appreciate it also down in the links i actually have some affiliate links if you're curious about what i use in my setup and ever thought about setting up a podcast or just if you work from home and you want to know what camera I use or what lights I use um it's all right there uh so or even if you like my orange Chicago Bears helmet you can find out where I got it but guys even though it was a tough loss this isn't our year but what we are going to do is we are going to keep on moving forward but ladies and gentlemen thank you for subscribing thank you for liking and Unbearable Sports Podcast, we're out. Yeah, she's got some nice long hair and you notice she's a bad chick. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Hear that? 
That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.